Hi guys, welcome to the Journey Through Med podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to mentoring and motivating international medical students. And on this podcast, we'll be speaking to international medical graduates as well as international medical students to bring to light opportunities and information that will be beneficial on your journey through medicine. I'm your host, Blessing Tonyava, a third-year medical student in China. This podcast promises to be informative, enlightening, and motivating, so be sure to follow us and share the episode. This is the Journey Through Med podcast, and your journey is a story worth telling. Hi, hi guys. Welcome to this episode of the Journey Through Med podcast. Uh, it's a great Wednesday morning. It's 4 a.m. at my side, and I'm glad I'm recording this today. So I'm joined with uh, Yapoma. And she's a medical student. Okay, so she'll, she'll do the rest of the introduction herself because I don't know how to uh, introduce her. But before we go into that, I'll just take a review from, from someone, a review from the previous episode. And it says, I really like listening to each podcast because I get to learn a lot from each person with each advice and lesson learned that they share. I feel confident to go on the next step of my journey. Thank you for your podcast. Keep it up. And this is from Inesia. And I'm so glad because she said she feels confident to go on the next step of her journey. And that's what this podcast is all about, to empower you in some way, to encourage you, to motivate you. No matter what you're going through on your journey, you can still make it through because other people have and so can you yes and so we have Yapoma with us today how are you Yapoma hi I'm very fine thank you how are you sir I'm great thanks for joining me on this episode Uh, it's my pleasure I'm happy to be here (laughs) okay so before we go into your story, um, we'd go to the random question session. So you choose two numbers between one to ten. Any of your two favorite numbers? Okay, that would be three and eight. Three and eight. So three yes. says... Which book have you read recently and how has it changed your perspective on life? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, very recently, I read It's the Prophecy Repeats by Tomi Arayomi. And I mean, it's a spiritual book. It has really changed how I see prophecies, how I see what you can do about it. Um, how I look at how you react to things that happen in your way from a spiritual perspective. It's really been amazing. I would recommend it to anyone. Okay, thank you. And so I think you read this book during the November challenge, right? Exactly, exactly. That's what I was like, oh my God. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that was the book I read challenge yeah. yeah so we began this november okay it was actually in october we began this october reading challenge and i've read two books so far it's been quite refreshing because there was this book i was putting away for a really long time but i managed to finish two books in two months and it's been great so <laughs> it's good you joined in too yeah, that's very true. And I'm I'm glad that I was given the opportunity to because I had also been like reading it over and over again. I start, I never complete it and then I restart. But then I think because of the challenge, you know, I was checking myself so that I don't embarrass myself or something <laughs> like that. Mm. And then I complete finally. So yeah. Amazing. It's been great. Okay, so question eight says, what's the last thing you do before bed? A little last thing I do. <laughs> yes, mm. before you go to bed. 
okay i don't think that i have like a schedule usually i fall asleep doing listening to music so i think that would be the last thing i do i usually like fall asleep listening to music wait how i don't know but you do that <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i can ever what? do that are you serious <laughs> you should you should try it ah, people fall asleep listening to music you know i can't even fall asleep listening to the the sound of my phone like the the messaging sound and some and those things <laughs> wow yeah then like we are like complete opposites because <laughs> i used to have problems and then i tried white noise I don't know if you know anyone that does that. I listen to rain sounds on YouTube and then it helps me sleep. But then very recently I started listening to music and, and it helps. It's good. Yeah, it's been amazing. You should yeah. try it. It's very I, calming. I think I would. <laughs> I think I would try that. <laughs> okay. Sure. So you you moved to Ukraine from Ghana and you went back to Ghana. Right. My story is so complex. Ugh. Did you ever think that you would you would return to Ghana to complete your studies? Absolutely not. No. I had two more years to complete and I thought well I've I've already finished my theoretical years because in Ukraine you do first three years then you write your first national exam we call it cook. Do I cook oh. one? Then after cook one, yeah. So I was my cook one, and I was in I was in my fourth year, and then well, there was an unfortunate incident, <laughs> so then I had to come back, and that's the situation I'm in now. But never did I imagine. I never thought of it that oh something was going to happen, and then I'd have to leave Ukraine. So because of that, like nobody that I know of, I personally too, I didn't have like any backup plan or anything like that. Oh my. So before we go into the Ukraine story, let's let's begin from Ghana before you went to Ukraine. Was medicine on your mind all the time or you you just happened to hey, I want to study medicine somewhere in high school or after high school? No, I've always wanted to study medicine. So at this right sound a bit of like a cliche but then I think you should have seen this movie or read the book Gifted Hands okay by Ben yeah. Cast. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I watched that movie a very long time ago and I was so inspired I mean a neurosurgeon I was so inspired by that movie I went on to read the book and then it was even more inspiring and then i just kept telling everybody oh i was going to do medicine i was going to do medicine every time we had this professional day in school where like you had to dress up and all that i would always go in like my lab coat and hey. set this copy so <laughs> so i've always known that i wanted to do medicine but i did not think i would be studying outside the country it was after shs i think after high school when i was in my final year then um i had a cousin who was studying in ukraine and then he was like oh it's cool you know the fees is affordable the teaching uh is the tuition is good academic wise they're good like everything is fine and he was there and my family felt oh yes there's someone that we know we can trust mm. and so she can go person yeah so like right after SHS, right after my high school, I didn't even apply to any school in Ghana. I just applied straight into Ukraine and then I got as accepted and then I started, you know, processing the documents to leave. So I graduated in 2018 and then in 2018, December, I had already left the country and then I started schooling in February 2019. Oh, wow. So you rested for, say, four to five months, six months, and then you were back on track on your medical journey. Exactly. I took, like, some six months off and then mm -hmm. went straight into it. 
how did you feel traveling to okay okay your story is different because you knew someone who was there someone had been in the system someone knew the every everything you know the challenges and the advantages and everything to brief you to let you know that hey this is what you are coming to face and so were there any surprises that you didn't know before you got there and Yes, there was a very huge surprise waiting for me. <laughs> so actually, although I met someone there, um, he was in another city, which was 13 hours by train away from my city. Oh. So it was still, yes, it was still very new to me. I mean, I went to a new place, new environment. I met new people. And I've never really been like a social person, someone who knows how to communicate with people. I guess I learned that in Ukraine because I had to adapt really fast. And when I got there, when I finally landed in Ukraine, it was minus two degrees because I traveled in December. My God, nothing, oh, yeah. nothing, weather. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> it was so, so bad. It was so bad. I had to buy like, I had to buy extra jackets and gloves and everything. Like immediately I got to my city because that was how terrible it was. Oh my, it was so bad. But then I mean, I survived it. I did. I survived it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I also I also got to, to China in February, February um 2019. And and in that season, that was also really cold in that city I was in Changchun it was somewhere around negative 20 something <laughs> oh goodness it was so cold I was you know in the airport it wasn't really cold so I didn't put my jacket on I was just hey okay I'm cool it's not really cold when I stepped out of the plane <laughs> I can literally remember how the wind blew me back into the plane and I was like wow <laughs> No. It's so hard. Yeah. Like nothing prepared for that. I understand. <laughs> oh, but wow, looking to something. That's 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 way too much. Yeah. And I'm complaining about <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really cold then. Okay. So were there any personal challenges that you had aside from the, okay, let's talk about the language barrier because here in China, that's like the major, major challenge here in China. People come and some people don't even spend years to study Chinese. So I was lucky, should I say lucky or blessed to have studied Chinese for one year before beginning my major did you get any of that or you just went directly to study medicine and how was the language barrier talking about the first challenge for you? Right. So um, in Ukraine, the two common languages they speak is Russian and Ukrainian. Um, and I think when I got there, they had just recently made Ukrainian language their first language because um previously it was Russian language and they were now trying to change things up in their country a little bit. So you meet someone and they speak Ukrainian, you meet another person and they speak Russian and then you don't know which one to study because like oh. some people speak Russian, some people speak Ukrainian. It was very confusing, especially in my city. I was in Sumi and it was like very close to the Russian border. So a lot of people who lived in Sumi were actually like Russians, mm -hmm. not Ukrainian. But then when you travel to the Western parts of Ukraine, they speak only Ukrainian language. So so then it was a bit confusing in the beginning because I didn't know which one to learn. Do I learn Russian language? Do I learn Ukrainian language? Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think some people study a language course for a year like you you do in China, um, but I didn't do that. When I got there, I got there in December, and then I just started school straight away in February. But uh, when I started school, there were some extra classes that I was taking to learn Ukrainian language, and then on my own, I was learning Russian language. But then I think right now, I speak Ukrainian language more than I do Russian. Hey. But then, yeah, it was 
it was terrible at the beginning. I mean, you don't you don't really know which one to learn. But then with time, it got better. It got better. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. It always get, gets better with time. Exactly. <laughs> so any other challenges that you faced aside the language barrier? Yes. So um, earlier I mentioned that I wasn't really a social person. But then I think Ukraine, that is one of the greatest things I've learned. The, the people are very welcoming. They always want to learn about your culture. They always want to, you know, get close to you. I met so many people that are like, oh, can I touch your hair? Can I, you know, sometimes you feel like really? it's a bit intrusive. That's but in they... Ukraine too? <laughs> yes, it's it, it there. Like, in, in the beginning, I felt like, oh, no, this is too weird. I can't mm-hmm. do that. But then I no, these people are genuinely curious because there are some parts of Ukraine, there are no Africans there, like, at all. And then you go there, and then everyone is staring at you, and then you might think, you might get a wrong idea, but, like, they're genuinely curious. And uh, because they don't speak English, most of their youth, the children that are upcoming, are now uh, picking up English because they're realizing, okay, it's a very important language to learn. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they meet you, they want, you know, they want to engage you in conversation and uh, try their English on you, so to speak. So, like, you meet a lot of people and they're like, how are you, how are you? They're like, And it's only how are you that they can say, but well. <laughs> so, yeah, it was interesting. Ukraine made me break away from that kind of shy barrier of not talking to people. And then again, there was, like, a very strong Ghanaian community. I was blessed to be a part of Nooks. Um, I think in my second or third year, I served as the national secretary for Nooks Ukraine, and that was it was it was amazing. We started a debate uh, team, a national debate team. We were debating with uh, Nooks Russia, Nooks Brazil, Nooks Ghana. It was really interesting. Got to meet more people. Then with time, uh, I wasn't shy anymore. Like now, looking back on those things, I'm like, oh wow, I really do miss Ukraine because mm. I learned to. Learn yeah, I did learn a lot. So that was one challenge that I overcame in Ukraine. I think uh, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. It was just the language and, oh, and the food. How can I forget hey, the food? let's talk about the food. <laughs> <laughs> I got to this country and all they have is rice and spaghetti. Like, what? Just <laughs> rice and spaghetti. I ate rice and spaghetti for like two months before learning how to eat their, you know, their traditional foods. And oh, it was terrible. At some point, you have to, you know, be creative with the food. Maybe today you do this with the rice, then you you make maybe jollof, you fry, you do something, you know, you have to be creative with it. But ah, it was a real challenge. It was a real challenge. Mm. And they don't sell food we I was used to here in Ghana. You know, here in Ghana, you can just like go anywhere and then you can just buy food like yeah. anywhere. But over there, the only street foods they have are junk foods. And I really wanted to be careful about that because that was one of the things that my cousin had um, told me about. He told me that if I didn't take care, I was going to be eating junk food all the time. And then, I mean, I would it, it was unhealthy he was advising me not to do that so I was very careful about that and then I just kept eating rice until I found my way around the food situation Hmm. you know I told myself once I leave China (laughs) I don't think I would eat rice or noodles (laughs) anymore because (laughs) for the past four years just rice noodles of course occasionally you'd eat the Chinese food but it's also just rice and noodles. So what else can you eat over here? <laughs> I'm so tired of eating I, rice. I understand. It will soon be over. Don't worry. Yeah, it will. So how did you return to China? Um, to not China. <laughs> how did you return to Ghana? Like, so, um, hmm. 
I think uh, in 2021, late 2021, in December, and then early January 2022, there were talks about um, an invasion or, let me say, an attack on Ukraine. And it was pretty scary, you know. Um, a lot of people were calling from home. I quite remember you even texting me about it. A lot of people were texting mm. me, hey, I'm in Ukraine, what's going on and all that. But all that while, it was really calm. It was very quiet. There was nothing happening. Like, there was nothing, nothing happening. Nothing showed that, oh, there was going to be an attack or anything like that. There were just rumors. Mm. And uh, when, it, when it got to, like, late January, early February this year, America started pulling out their citizens um, out of Ukraine. And I think UK also advised its citizens to leave. Uh, wow. the country and then that, yeah and then that was when my parents stood their ground they were like no you can't <laughs> stay there anymore mm. so I actually left before the attack happened and it's funny how I was I was even protesting at that time because I was in school at that was the time it was in February that I wrote my first national exam I was telling about the cook one I wrote it yeah. in February so I was telling my parents oh no, I want to wait and see my results before leaving, if anything like that. Because I, w I wanted to be sure that I had passed the exam. If you haven't passed, you have to reset it. So I wanted to be very sure that I had passed the exam before I left the country. And they were like, no, don't worry about it. You come home. If it happens that for some reason you don't pass it, you can go back and write it. And I was, I was also being stubborn about it, you know, because... The place was so quiet. There was nothing happening at all. There was absolutely nothing happening. <laughs> and I was, I, I mean, those of us who were in the country, we were basically nonchalant about it. We weren't even bothered because, you know, oh, there was nothing happening. So I left Ukraine on 15th, 15th February. And exactly one week after I left, there was, there was the headlines. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that's it I was like oh my god but it was still very tough on me because everybody I had known for the past three years everybody that I had stayed with all my mates mm -hmm. everybody was still there everybody that I knew was still there was still they were all there in Ukraine and it was a very it was a very difficult time it was a very difficult time I quite remember one of my friends her flight was actually booked for that morning. So oh, yeah. she had left our city to me to the capital city, Kiev, where her flight was to take off. And then this happened and they canceled the flights. And so she was stuck there. And well, so that happened, that happened. And then I came to Ghana. I mean, I came to Ghana before it happened, but then that was the reason why I came. And the funny thing is, I I left everything of mine, my clothes, my shoes, oh, my bags, oh my god, my books, my uh, everything that I owned because in my mind, oh, it's it just going to blow off. I'm mm. going to blow off, and I would go back, but now I've lost everything, and it's it's so it's all right. I mean, these are things that I have thought about. I've been thinking about them and. I've I've got over it now. <laughs> no, I don't even think about it anymore. It's been over half a year. But yeah, that was that was why back home. I hope no one no one you knew suffered any loss. There wasn't any loss of life or anything. Okay, so um for losses, I think I only heard of one international that was Indian. Oh, I've forgotten his name. There was only one international student that I heard of. He was Indian. And uh, Ghanaians, Nigerians, Africans, for the people that I knew personally, no one had any injury uh, physically. Let me put it that way, because emotionally, there was a lot going on. Mm. Psychologically, people like, faced a lot of trauma. I can't even imagine the way I felt in the comfort of my home, 
feeling for my friends yeah. and how they situation yeah it was it was pretty bad it was pretty bad i quite remember i just used to call one of my friends and just like stay on the phone with him and then sometimes uh like the internet would just cut off you'd be like oh maybe the the network is not working at night you could hear like gunshots outside the window and stuff like that it was it was really bad it was really bad and during that period we're still having online classes i was like wow really (laughs) exactly exactly i was like are you i was always so concerned for my teachers i was we used to ask them mom are you okay sir are you okay are you doing okay and i remember there was one time during our class the sirens just went off and then my teacher like she just went off screen i don't know whether she hid under her table or something it was so emotional i was so scared like and the sirens were so loud they go off to like uh to tell you that there's an attack on a city or something and when the sirens were they were so loud it was so so loud and i I was i was thinking this must be so triggering for people now people that went through that uh any loud noise at all might must be so because oh my god even that that scenario it was it was something for me and i think the next day she canceled the class she told me that she told us that she had lost a friend and they had to go carry her like that period is just a whole series of unfortunate events (laughs) if i'm to talk about that i think maybe like we'd have to write a book or something (laughs) because uh, a lot a lot happened a lot happened from an international student perspective a lot happened and uh, well it's it happened so we just had to you know adapt like i said and get acquainted with the scenario that we've been dealt with and then move on from there Mm. as i'm sitting here i just have goosebumps because i'm just trying to imagine how the lecturers were still able to try. They were trying to keep up with with lectures, with with coming, with, you know, showing up for lectures. And it, it wouldn't have been easy. It wasn't easy for them as well. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I was, I was even thinking they would give them a break or something like that. But they, I, was, I was really confused about it. I think they were trying to save... Uh, uh, their students because during that time a lot of people started taking their transcripts started asking for transfers and things like that I know that my school personally has lost a lot of students especially uh, Ghanaian students Nigerian students you know African students they probably lost a lot of students so I think that is what they were trying to avoid by still you know offering some form of classes and a good initiative came up. They started uh, partnering up with other schools oh. um, outside of Ukraine, mm. like um, a school, one university in Kiev, which is the capital city, um, had a Polish branch or something. So they moved their students to Poland and oh. that probably like took some stress off the students back then. But then in the heat of the war, when it first started um, in March, in April, during those months, uh, we were still having online classes, and it was crazy. It was really crazy because I was I was always so worried. I was so worried yeah. about this teacher. So I was, how are you in the right state of mind to even teach yeah. in such a situation? <laughs> but they they did a pretty good job. I mean, everyone kept their emotions in check. They were so professional. I really really like. Uh, I had some new sense of respect for them because of that thing because it was uh, it was crazy even as a student I couldn't study I was always on my phone always on the news mm. always checking what's going on, going on and then uh, I was it was something else it was something else wow <laughs> okay okay so this situation reminds me of 2019 2020 you know the end of 2019 somewhere in december in 2020 january where covid19 also showed up in ghana and 
people went home thinking, okay, you know, some people didn't even know about the situation or didn't go home because of the, the coronavirus. They just went home for holidays, like, hey, we are just going, we'll come back. So we are just taking just one luggage, a few things, we'll be back by March. And do you know that it is up to now, like just recently, somewhere in September, that China has opened the borders for students to return. So those that went home since 2020, December or January are now getting the opportunity to return. So it just reminds me of that situation. That is so crazy. So what what did the fifth years and the fourth years do? They completed their education online? Yes, yes. (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Hmm. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. So talking about your, your journey in Ghana now, you moved back to Ghana in in February, right? Yes. And yeah, so after in after February. you moved back in Ghana, after you moved back to Ghana, you were still having online classes for how long? Um so I had online classes till I think September. I had online classes with my school in Ukraine till September because all the while, I was still trying to find, you know, alternate solutions. I was trying to think about it. Should I should I transfer? Should I study here in Ghana? Should I transfer to another country? Um, most of my mates transferred to Hungary, Poland, Romania, Germany, somewhere to the UK, to the US, and other places. So I was I was thinking about it, and you know, I left Ukraine, uh, before before the war happened. So I took my transcripts, I, I asked for it, and I asked for my documents. I had everything that I needed to, mm-hmm. you know, transfer to another country, which was very fortunate because a lot of people didn't have that. <laughs> but then mm-hmm. I was still finding it difficult to find um, a school that would accept me as a transfer student. All the offers that I was getting was stuff from first year, and I wasn't interested in that hey, because no I had a few. Exactly, I had a few months to graduate. I mean, I had a few months to graduate to move to fifth year. Let me put it that way. So I had basically like two years and some months to graduate med school. Med school, sorry. So I I kept searching. I kept searching. Then there was an offer from Ghana, thankfully. It came in, I think, uh, somewhere in May, where they decided, okay, they're going to integrate the Ghanaian students into the Ghana schools. Mm-hmm. And there were talks, it, there was so much talks about it. People were doubting it. And people want, really wanted to be sure, especially those who were in Ukraine, who had had the opportunity to, you know, enter into Europe and really get acquainted with the way things were over there I quite remember I had a friend who was she was torn between coming back home or trying to find an alternate solution there Mm. and she was like do do I think that um the Ghana school will really work out I mean the integration that they were trying to do would really work out because they wanted us to take an assessment to take an exam and then based on the exam they would place us into the schools here and the exam, uh, it didn't it didn't come on till I think early September, so everybody was so anxious about it. I was anxious about it because in the meanwhile, while I had been here, I was I was doing an internship. I was doing some clinical practice at a hospital. So I was thinking, why don't I keep doing my online classes because I had online classes in the morning and then in the afternoon I go to the hospital and I get to practice and I felt it was a good deal like even if online schooling is not so good it's not like a a good standard for Mm -hmm. medical students I was still having the the practice so perhaps perhaps combining the two would be good enough but then um I don't know uh I just I just decided let me just give the assessments a shot. So I submitted my documents, I wrote the exam, 
thankfully I passed Yay. and then I was pleased <laughs> yeah and I was placed into University of Ghana Oregon but I was put into my third year so that was another issue I was thinking uh, I'm a fifth year student do I really want to start from third year because it's like taking me two years back there was this whole dilemma there was this whole dilemma should I just continue with Ukraine and do my practice then um MDC, the Medical and Dental Council, released a statement that uh, they weren't statement. going to <laughs> It affects you too, yeah? <laughs> it affects I do I <laughs> I mean it was it came as a shock, but then it was to be expected. I I did expect it because I think Nigeria released a similar statement two weeks before. Oh. So I, I was expecting it. Yeah, I was expecting it. I was expecting it. But it's unfortunate that it's affecting not just Ukraine. It's, it's affecting not just students from Ukraine. It's affecting students all over who are doing online classes. But then, I mean, it's uh, hopefully, I don't know. I don't think they're going to change their minds. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. But then, so when the statement came in, it wasn't going back to Ukraine was not an option for me anymore. I just decided to stay in Ghana and, you know, continue my education here. Mm, how do you feel going back to third year? Why didn't they just, I don't know, fourth year or something? Why third year? <laughs> So what happened was um, when I started schooling in Ukraine, I started in February. So my academic year begins in February. Mm. So uh, when I left in February, I had just completed third year and I was to start my fourth year. So my, my, my fourth year would have ended in this semester and then in February next year, I would begin my fifth yeah. year. Uh-huh. So the argument was that, the argument was that my entire fourth year was online and during the war, and so my education during that period was inadequate. Wow. You see, so I was treated as though I had only done three years, and I think with every transfer that you do, you have to repeat at least a year. Mm-hmm. How do you I feel? Three years. So it's unfortunate, but then, ah, this question. <laughs> I felt so bad. I was devastated. Honestly, I've I felt really bad for um, for a while. I was really protesting it. I was against it. I was like, no, I want to go back to Europe. I want to, you know, I want to find other means and all that. But then, I had quite a lot of people talk to me. Uh, that some of the doctors that I was learning from, mm-hmm. the ones that were teaching me at the hospital that I was practicing in, they were they were really cool. And most of them, uh, most of them graduated from the Ghanaian schools, from the schools here in Ghana. So they were like, "Oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be worried about it. That honestly, the education here is really good." The professors are great. The lecturers are very good. And it's not the way, it's not as bad as I would think it is because they still have the practical sessions. They are um, like, everything is up to date and I should give it a try and I might like it. So they were the ones who kind of convinced me to stay. Mm. And I mean, my parents are also really all about it because I think that that uh anxiety was still there that feeling of oh we took her to another country and this almost happened so she she might as well just stay here you know so they were really for me staying in Ghana and then I think now that I've started schooling here I'm glad I did honestly I'm glad I did because I mean it's it's home I get to eat the food that I want <laughs> I eat the food I want. Aww. I eat the food I want. I see, I can speak my language freely, and you know, it's 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 a feeling. It's a nice feeling. I've had the feeling of studying outside. I know how it feels like. I've had. I'm also now having the feeling of studying here. I also know how it feels like. And honestly, 
I wouldn't take one over the other, but this is also pretty great. Mm. So that's your that's a good one for you because you have two sides of the coin. All right. Exactly. <laughs> mm. Great. So so far on your journey, what's 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 one thing you are proud of? Are there any mistakes that you made? And what's one thing that you are proud of so far? Great. So let me start with the mistakes. <laughs> let me start with the mistakes. I think what I started off doing was I was studying for, you know, the max. Uh, and I know that this this might sound really crazy, but in Ukraine, we were taking tests every day. And I mean every day. Every class, we had an exam. It was either an oral test or um, a computer test. Oh. And so I found myself always preparing for the exam and not really preparing to be a doctor. Mm. And... <laughs> And uh, it was very clear when I started my my uh, my clinicals, my practical here in Ghana. It was uh, even my very first day. I felt like I don't know anything. I felt like I could answer all the theory questions. But then practically, I didn't really know anything. And maybe it's because I had only done three years in Ukraine. But then... I felt like comparing myself, a fourth-year student, to a fourth-year student that was studying here in Ghana, practical-wise, it was, it was, there was a like vast difference. They had a lot of hands-on things because they, they get the, the opportunity to meet patients very early, and I didn't have that in Ukraine. But that was something that I feel like I could have done something about it in my first few years. Perhaps uh, I could come back home during summer or something and practice. Mm. And that was, was that was a mistake that I made. And had this not happened, I'm sure I would have stayed in Ukraine, in Ukraine for six years and, and completed before coming back home, yeah. which was something I would have been like a really, really big mistake. Because imagine like you're a doctor and you don't know how to set an IV line on a person. <laughs> It would have been, it would have been it would have been something so that was like my my biggest mistake not uh giving myself the opportunity to you know practice uh physically practice mm-hmm. and not just like on mannequins and stuff that yeah and the second thing I would say was my second biggest mistake was uh thinking that it was all just about the schooling mm-hmm. so in my first few years I think second year I was so invested in my books and don't get me wrong that is that is the reason why I went to Ukraine that is the reason why I was studying but then medicine is not just about the books it's also about training your mind it's also about um learning how to work under pressure and that is all, oh, that is one thing that I, I didn't learn how to do. I was only just, you know, studying, 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 not really thinking about the extra skills that I had to pick up on, like the communication skills, like getting mm-hmm. someone to trust you uh, with their personal information, because that, that's one very important thing. And one thing that I learned from the hospital is that patients can lie. <laughs> Your, your patients will keep something very important from you because they're shy you know you have to learn how to make them feel comfortable with you and I'm, I'm glad I got to pick up those skills but it's I feel like I should have I should have learned those things in medical school perhaps they should create like a course for that patient skills or people's skills or something <laughs> but yeah and so that is like my greatest mistakes those are the uh the lessons that i've learned from them as well what are you most proud of so far on your journey one decision you made that you're like hey 
I made this decision and I'm proud of it. Well, I think that would be, um, let me see. Uh, do I have to pick just one? No, you don't. Because <laughs> I'm can. trying. Uh-huh. Just flow. Okay. Okay. So I joined some groups uh, of like-minded medical students that were really into research and journal publishing. Mm. And I think that that's one thing I'm most proud of. I have been writing, you know, helping research articles and all that. And I think that is something that I would recommend to any medical student. Don't think, oh, I'm just a student or anything like that. Get involved. You can you can join extra courses. You can take extra online courses if you can afford it. They're really good because I have like a whole pile of certificates of medical conferences that I've, I have attended and all that. And they go a long way because yeah. mind you, when, when you want to, um, when later you want to apply for anything that's medical related, you have to pre- present a CV and your CV wouldn't just be like the normal CV it has to be a medical CV and you have to back it with certificates um, certificates of things you've done maybe conferences or articles or stuff like that that you've written so that's that's okay I think that's the thing I'm most proud of the fact that I took that journey mm. a lot of told me that it was going to be too much you're a medical student don't get yourself too much yeah. involved but it was it was great I think I think I would say that anybody could should do that I haven't regretted that decision at all and it did not affect my academic life in any way that wasn't true it did not stare me off my books or anything like that it was really great yeah Oh, I think I I like that because, you know, when applying for, just like you said, when applying for residency programs or even jobs or any other thing that is medical, medically related, everyone coming in has high grades, has good grades. And so what else are you bringing on the table? What else are you presenting other than you passed your license exams and blah, blah, blah. So those, those extra curricular activities or should I say those those extra certificates that you get uh will go a long way to help you exactly 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 and some of them are even not that demanding Mm. I mean you just get certificate for participation and you get to learn a lot so yeah yeah, you're very right I I think it's something that um, should not be overlooked Mm. should not be overlooked yeah Amazing. Okay. So what 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 are your expectations for the next three years of your journey in Ghana? Great. So uh it's actually four years because I'm in my third year. Oh I yeah. have four years. Okay. Ah, uh, it's so it's so painful to say that out loud. I have four <laughs> years left. <laughs> That's yes. So for uh for the next few years, I'm hoping to you know learn a lot more than I was in Ukraine, because like I said, being here, being with my people, being uh comfortable at home, I think that I don't have to do extra in order to get ahead. What I mean is um I just have to attend my classes, be vigilant, do my course uh come out with the, the the grades of course but also come out with the knowledge and get the practical skill mm. i also i also think that uh, this is a great opportunity to get acquainted with the lecturers personally i mean i know some great some great professors in university of ghana Ligon, some people also that graduated uh that can help me and all that so i hope that by the time I've graduated, I would not only be, you know, a great knowledgeable doctor, but I would also know the people to see about certain things uh, in the medical fields. And I'm really hoping to like get a mentor. It's something I'm looking out for. I haven't really 
selected one person yet, but then I hope I get a, a mentor here in this country. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too for you. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bringing the episode to an end, do you have, okay, before then, let me just uh, take the quote of the episode. And it says, stop doubting your potential. Instead, take action in the direction of the results you want to see. There will always be someone more competitive than you, but that doesn't mean you don't get to be the best version of yourself. What do you think about this? This quote is amazing. And that is exactly what I would have said. Because one of the things I struggled with Mm -hmm. was thinking oh all the people all my mates are going to graduate ahead of me uh I've been put two years behind and I it, it was really putting me down it was really putting me down and all that but then I realized that it's not a competition it is not a competition at all yeah. I have my whole life ahead of me I have all the time I need you know that to become a great doctor that I want to be and so that is, that is exactly what I'm going to say um, that don't think don't don't put yourself against others don't compete with other people just think how am I going to be better how am I going to get better how am I going to accomplish this goal that I set ahead of me and believe me when you have that goal ahead of you when you have your mind focused on it there's nothing that's going to stop you Sure. And I love the first line. It says, stop doubting your potential. I feel like many times we we don't know what we have. We don't know what we are blessed with. We don't value our potential. And so we can do so much more than we are doing now, but we are just not doing it because we don't know how much we can do. So discovering your potential, even on your journey through medicine, is is great and would lead you to become the ve- the best version of yourself on your journey. That's true. That's so true. Great. This has been a beautiful conversation. I've enjoyed every single bit of it and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been great for me. To, I mean, the emotions were all out there, but <laughs> thank you so much Mm, it's a pleasure and I wish you all the best as you journey ahead and yeah success see you at graduation (laughs) you've got this right (laughs) so this is the end of the episode and see you on the next one bye bye